going on, everybody? How we doing? Welcome all back to the Breaking the Goal Line podcast. I am your host, as always, Russell Goddard, and here we are, Championship Sunday, quickly approaching, recording this Friday afternoon. And uh, as I speak, we could still have more coaches being hired. I just got uh, maybe 20 minutes ago a report, which I was going to talk about anyway. Uh, Josh McDaniels, the Raiders have asked to interview Josh McDaniels. Uh, We have other coaches being hired around the league. Sean Payton stepping down for what looks like to be a year, maybe longer. Saints still own his right, so we got some things there. And oh yeah, we got two football games going on on Sunday too. And uh, two games that hopefully should be pretty interesting. I know a lot of people, I mean, the Chiefs are favored by seven and a half. We'll get into the games. A lot of people don't think it's going to be very close. I'm probably on the opposite side of that. Uh, Hopefully, at least for a great weekend that we saw last weekend that I'm still off the high off the divisional round was unbelievable insane. So we'll, we'll get into all of it. Uh, but first, as always, go ahead and rate and subscribe, please. If you have, thank you very much. I really do appreciate everybody that has, uh, you know, on Spotify with the new rate app. I really appreciate everybody that has done so. And if you have it, please do. And uh, I'd appreciate you too. All right, let's go. All right. And let's begin with Sean Payton. Sean Payton, a couple of days ago, came out and said, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and take a year off. And there was things that came out like as soon as he came out, Sean Payton's retiring, Sean Payton's retiring, Sean Payton's retiring. He even came out and said, I hate the word retire. You know, I'm not going to say that. He said, I still think I have more to, to do with this game of football, but his heart's just not in it right now. And sometimes you just need a change in life. And Sean Payton right now just needs a, just needs a change. His heart's just not in it. Now he's still signed, you know, he's still under contract with the Saints for three more seasons, but he's stepping away. He needs a year. I'm sure this year was hard for Sean. I mean, his first year without Drew Brees, with, uh, other than, you know, without him getting hurt. So first full year without Drew Brees, he's been there for, what, 12 years, 13 years. He's been there for a long time, had a lot of success, and had an absolute carousel with Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and even Ian Book got a start. And it had to be hard, it had to be tiresome. When your number one wide receiver is holding out, talking all this stuff, doing all this, causing all this nonsense. Then he doesn't. Then he waits to get surgery. He's out for the season. The guy you're paying all this money to, your number one guy, Alvin Kamara, who's your best offensive weapon. I mean, he's still there in trucking, but it's pretty much like, what else does Sean have? And he made literally something out of nothing. He he made he made a gourmet meal out of dog shit. Because that's pretty much what his quarterback performance is, other than a couple games. Don't count week one against the Green Bay Packers, please, Jameis Winston. Please, let's not count that. as Well, Jameis against Green Bay week one. Okay, Kyler Murray's good week one. Where's Kyler Murray week 17? Nowhere to be fucking found. And Kyler Murray's vastly more talented than Jameis Winston. So don't give me that shit. He, he, He literally turned a gourmet meal into dog shit. Sean Payton is a fantastic coach. But it has to be hard. It has to be tiresome. The hours that you put in, the hours spent away from your family. And you, I mean, look, it's when you're at one place and you're just doing the same thing, you're seeing the same people, you're trying to do the same way. Sometimes you just need a change. You need a breath of fresh air. You just need to take a second, maybe reevaluate things. We all do that in life. We do that with our jobs. Fuck, I have a buddy who worked for Marriott. For fucking, it seemed like a decade. I mean, since he was right out of high school, worked for Marriott till uh, till about last year. So we're talking 2012. So pretty much a decade worked for this com- company almost. You know what he said? After the pandemic and everything, he got out. He went back. He didn't fucking like it anymore. He, he liked the breath of fresh air, the change that came with his life because life changes. And now he's doing, he's doing great in, in, in a company that he really loves working for. You know, and he just needed that change. We all need that sometimes. Sean Payton just needs to take a step back. He's been coaching football and dealing with football for so long. This is all this guy does. He literally eats, lives, breathes, sleeps football, coaching, X's and O's. And this, he just needs a break. I get it. You get burnt out. Fuck, I, we, we thought Andy Reid was going to take a break. When, when the Eagles fired him, a lot of things was Andy Reid's going to take a year off, see where it's going. But then the Chiefs offer him like that huge contract three days later. And you said, all right, I guess I'll go to Kansas City. And he's won a Super Bowl and it's worked out pretty well. And Sean Payton won a Super Bowl for this team. I just, <clears throat> I, I I don't think, he, Sean Payton's not going, I don't think he's going to retire. Now, hey, look, he could pull a Bill Cower and could just go, 
I like where my life is now. I like, I loved coaching football. I gave everything I had to it, but I'm, I'm good with my family. I'm good with what I'm doing now. Maybe he goes in the booth. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he switches away. Maybe he becomes a GM. I don't know. Maybe he goes coaches college or high school or something. I don't know. That new Kevin James movie on Netflix that looks absolutely horrible, even though I love me some Kevin James, but he's supposed to portray Sean Payton, and it's it's the year when Sean Payton got suspended for, for the bounty gate, and he goes and coaches his son's high school. You know, the movie looks super cheesy and terrible. Uh, I bet it does huge numbers on Netflix, though. Uh, but I love me some Kevin James, but it just doesn't look any good. And I just don't understand how you could pick Kevin James as much as I love him to represent Sean Payton, who is kind of like, you know, he's, he's Sean Payton's like five, five, nine, six foot. He's just this stocky, short, little mean son of a bitch. And Kevin James is just this funny, big, fat guy. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, I get it. Netflix is trying to pull a movie here, but look good for Sean Payton. Take a year off. Now, do I think Sean Payton's going to coach again? Yes, I do. Do I think it's going to be with the Saints? More than likely not but the Saints would have to trade him. Sean Payton's worth a first-round draft pick, for sure. Well, the Dallas Cowboys are going to go ahead and stick with Mike McCarthy. Sean Payton's a Texas guy. He is. They're going to go ahead and stick with McCarthy this year. Sean's not going to coach. Dallas is probably not going to do anything next year, go to the playoffs, lose in the first round, maybe not make the playoffs. Who knows what McCarthy does? That opens the door for Sean Payton to be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And look, I'm just saying, I'm just like, it's just, it's, it's a conspiracy. It's a theory. It's not the first, I, I've heard it before, but as soon as I saw that thing about Sean Payton, instantly your head goes, oh, he's going to take a year off and go to the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's what a lot of people thought around the, that's what I've heard from uh, ex-scouts that I listen to that have podcasts that immediately thought that have been around Sean, that have been around that. Yeah. He's going to go to the Cowboys. Yeah, I could see it happen. <laughs> Uh, Sean Payton, if you tell me by 20, you're going into 2023, Sean Payton is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. They've had to clean some house. Hopefully Zeke's not there anymore. They had to rework Dak's contract. Obviously your offensive line needs to be better. Hopefully Mika's a baller. You still got digs. Your wide receivers are working out. Probably at that point, you got to see what you're going to figure out what you're going to do with Amari Cooper. Dalton Schultz contract's not going to be there. Dalton Schultz worth the top tight end tier. I don't know, but Sean Payton can come in there and work with that crew more than Mike McCarthy can. We kind of look at Mike McCarthy as kind of a clown show now. Sean Payton literally made gourmet meal out of absolute dog shit that he found on the side of the road. And he almost made the playoffs. And Mike McCarthy made the playoffs and was an, a horrible letdown. So, Sean Payton, go ahead and sit, go, 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 go sip some pina coladas, man. Hang out with your family. Enjoy your time. Watch some football as a fan for a little bit. And then dabble into whatever you're going to do. If you're going to do some shady shit behind the back, you know, make a deal with J Jerry Jones, whatever, man. I'd rather see you at the helm than McCarthy because I got to watch Dallas. I got to have to watch primetime Dallas games. I know at least five times a year. And if they're good, six, if not seven. Might as well have Sean Payton on the sideline. Some other coaching changes around the league. couple coaches got hired the past couple of days. Some GMs I want to talk about, too. We'll start with Chicago Bears. First of all, I want to just do an absolute congratulations to the Chicago Bears, their GM hire, Ryan Poles. I think he is fantastic. He's a young football guy. You know, he played he played Division I football when the league was cut. He's been a football guy, and he's been working in the league for over a decade. He's been working with Andy Reid and Brett, Brett Veach now for a long time and has learned a lot of football from these guys. He's a smart dude. He's a football dude. I like the hire a lot. And then he went over and hired Matt Eberflus, the, the defensive coordinator from the Colts, who was talked about getting a job last year, who we all thought was going to get a job last year. And then we thought, yeah, after watching this year, Eberflus probably going to be up for some head coaching jobs. And Chicago and Ryan Poles pulled the trigger on him. Now, I like the hire. Eberflus, Eber, Eberflus is a big defensive guy. You know, he's been around the league for a long time, so around 2009. He's been around the league for a while, over a decade, too. He's coached what he's been for the Browns, the Cowboys, and then he became defense coordinator for the Colts in 2018. He did a pretty good – he's done a good job with that team, 2018 to 2021. And, you know, that was before they had the DeForest Buckners and stuff like that. He was, he was doing a good job with that team. He's a really good defensive coordinator, a smart guy. I think he brings in a physical, a physical attitude to a Chicago team that needs physicality because of where they play and who they are. You just have to be physical if you want to win. As being in Chicago, like being playing for the Chicago Bears, you got to be a physical team. Now, I, I like, I like the head coaching hire. You know, we'll see if Eberflus overcomes anything. I hope he calls the plays on the defense side of the football. Personally, I like my younger head coaches, Eberflus. He's, I guess he's not, he's fifty. 
I know he could hire a defensive coordinator, but I would like Eberflus, at least for the first year, call the plays. Then maybe you want to see. But who are the Bears going to hire for their offensive coordinator? That's that's what I'm – and I haven't heard anything. I do not know. But that's my concern. Who are you going to hire as your OC? Who's going to be your quarterback's coach? Because you just drafted Justin Fields, and he showed glimpses last year when he was held that he could be really good. He throws the football well. He likes to stand in the pocket. He's a good runner. Who's go, who are you going to bring in to develop this guy? Because Matt Nagy was was the offensive guy. He was the head coach, but he was the offensive guy. He was the guy that was going to develop Fields. And now who's going to develop Fields? Because Justin Fields needs to be the number one concern for this Bears organization. Uh, protecting Justin Fields, development of Justin Fields, getting this guy going. He's your future, your franchise quarterback. You took him, was it 12th overall in the first round? You got to go with him. He's he's from that area. He's a big name there. I'm sure he's. I'm sure. I'm sure Bears fans absolutely love him now. He's going to be the starter the next year, all, every game as long as he stays healthy. I, I, Fields is the name guy. Who are they going to bring in? I do not know. Is it going to be somebody that Eberflus, you know, kind of kind of likes in, in in Indianapolis or someone that he's worked with? Does Ryan Pools bring somebody over from? Some, I don't know, maybe somebody under B enemy that works with them and like kind of like guy gives them a shot from from Kansas City. I don't know, but they gotta find the right guy because Justin Fields gotta be the priority. They gotta develop him. Personally, I was thinking they should hire an offensive minded guy, a guy like you know Nathaniel Hackett, who we'll talk to in a second. The Broncos hired, but they didn't. They went with Eberflus. I understand it. It's a very Bears. The Bears, the Bears, they like to have their executive guys be football guys. The head coaches more likely to be football guys as well, and that's what they've hired. They've hired two absolute football guys. One, Ryan Pools, I, I like I like where his head's at. I, I think he's where he learned a lot with Brett Veach. He's, people speak highly of him around the league. Now we'll see if he's a good GM. We judge you on the draft and free agency, and we'll see if Eberflus can be a head coach. I, I've seen him dominate with that Colts defense. I, I've seen the last you know four seasons or whatever was him just be pretty fucking dominant on the defense side of the ball. Are you going to come into a Chicago Bears team defense that's been down? You know, Khalil Mack is not himself anymore. What are you going to do with him? Roquan Smith keeps getting – I don't know. So we'll see what Chicago's got here. But if I'm Chicago, if I'm a Bears fan, I am I mean, look, we had to get rid of Nagy. All that shit would happen from Trubisky to signing Foles to fucking uh, uh, the Red Rifle. But now Justin Fields, a lot of stuff has just happened. You had to tear it down, and at least I think you brought in two football guys, guys that come from great cultures – that have been around and learned from great cultures and great players and great coaches. So it's a good starting foundation here. But let's see who they get for their OC. I need a quarterback's coach. Uh, and let's move over to the Broncos. The Broncos hired Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who, you know, I, I had to go back around. He's only been around the Packers. He's only been there two, two three seasons now, uh, three seasons. But Aaron Rodgers apparently loves this dude. I had went back and watched three other interviews about Aaron, how he's – Says he, you know, last year how he didn't get a head coaching job. Like he should be a head coach in this league. There aren't any, there there aren't very many head coaches currently that'll be better than him. And Rodgers is all about Nathaniel Hackett. And he was all about Nathaniel Hackett last year, two years ago, whatever it was. So you could say, oh yeah, he's all about Nathaniel Hackett. They're going to go to Denver. Listen, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to go to the Denver Broncos. But I do know that Nathaniel Hackett, he's also been around the league for a while. And he's a pretty good offense coordinator. And I don't really take his time in Green Bay, that's only been since LaFleur has gotten there, with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, I don't take that. I, you know, obviously, you got to look at certain situational play calls and things of that nature. But for the most part, also, Matt LaFleur is the offensive guy. Kind of runs it that way. So I go back to look at, Nathak, look at um, Hackett's jobs in Jacksonville. He was a quarterback coach for a year, became the offensive coordinator, was there OC for three seasons, I think, in Jacksonville. Took him to the AFC Championship game that year, that good Jalen Rams year when they had Blake Bortles, and they actually had the lead on the Patriots in the second half. And I thought the game that he called against the Steelers when they beat them in the playoffs the game before that was fantastic. And if you go back and look at what he did in Jacksonville, he was really good with Blake Bortles and not much else to work with. I, I like Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, you know, a guy like Aaron Rodgers speaks that highly of you. Look, say whatever you want about Aaron Rodgers. I say all the time whatever I want about Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers likes to hang around with smart people. That is one thing I will say. Because Aaron Rodgers is smart. And he knows he's smart. And he only wants to be around smart people. Aaron Rodgers cannot hang around dumb people. That's why he did not like, you know, and I don't mean dumb as, you know, like, you know, I just, 
you know, they kind of, kind of looks down on him. Kind of like a, you know, like a university guy looks down on a state school guy. Oh, you're just a state school guy. Aaron Rodgers kind of looked down at Mike McCarthy. He was more of a meathead. LaFleur and Hackett are not. They're intellectual guys. M McCarthy was not. Sure, maybe the first couple of years when Aaron was younger, they'll have a couple beers and chit-chat over some burgers. But as they get older, Aaron needs smarter guys. So I believe that Nathaniel Hackett is a smart fucking dude. I've seen what he did in Jacksonville. I was impressed. I saw what, I mean, obviously, I mean, they won, the Packers have won 13, 13 games, three years in a row now, right? That's pretty good. Their offense has been pretty good. Now they do have number 12 and number 17's a baller. So, you know, it's, sometimes it's hard to judge when you have a quarterback that good and, you know, playmakers as good as they are. But I think Hackett can coach. Now, can he be a head coach? I don't know. You go to Denver with right now their organization up top is in turmoil. They're trying to find, you know, there's ownership groups that are trying to buy the team because they don't have an owner, but they need an owner. You know, General Patton, their new general uh, general manager, I call him General Patton because his name's George Patton, but he's a new GM. So it just makes sense to call him General Patton. If you don't get that reference, um, I don't know, Google it. So General Patton, he's a, he, I like him. He's a big football guy, comes from some great character. And I think what he's done, just his first year he's been there, has been really good. You know, getting some pieces, making some trades. The Von Miller trade I thought was good. Some draft picks I thought he hit was really nice. So I think he's doing a really good job. And John Elway, obviously, is the president of operations, still there too. This team is is a very valuable team. They're talking about this group is going to buy him for $4 billion, and I think that's low for Denver. I think Denver is a $5 billion franchise, personally. I wouldn't sell the start. It would have to start at $4.5 billion. If I'm the owner and you want to buy the Denver Broncos from me, this, the conversation starts at four and a half. This franchise, first of all, Denver's a fucking awesome city. Just sweet, sweet. It's on the West Coast, but yet it still gets cold enough where you can do like, I don't know, snowboarding and skiing and all the snow activities. But then just an hour trip, an hour and a half trip, you don't have to be in all that cold. It's, it's, it's in a great location of the country, right close to the coast of California and all that. Denver's sweet as hell. Just an awesome town. Their stadium is great. Their history there is with Elway and then now Manning, and he has a statue. The Denver fans are always loyal. Mile high. I mean, it's just, it's from the 70s and 80s and the 90s. It's just become such a big franchise. I'm not selling that thing for anything less than four and a half. I think it'll probably go for about that. I think it'll go for about four and a half. And Peyton Manning's, uh, Peyton Manning actually has a group. He's part of a group that's trying to buy it. So, Manning could be a part owner of the Denver Broncos with Nathaniel Hackett as his new head coach. Also, who is their offense? Is Nathaniel going to call plays? Nathaniel's 36. I, I, I keep saying Nathaniel. Um, Hackett's 36. He's young. I like if I'm hiring a young guy, if I'm hiring a young head coach, I want you to call the plays. Offense or defense, I don't care. The thing that bugs me about Robert Sala for the Jets, he doesn't call the freaking plays. I saw him for three and a half years absolutely dominate the NFC West and the rest of the NFC with that defense. Just just took Russell Wilson to school most of the time. I, this guy's a good defensive coordinator, but then he gets the Jets, gets the head coaching job, but doesn't call the plays. That's I don't like that. I'd like my Sean McVay's to call the plays, my Kyle Shanahan's. Fuck, say what it is. Where, say, I'll keep saying shit about Cliff Kingsbury, but at least he calls the plays. I want my young guys calling the plays. That's why I hired you. That's why I hired you, Kyle. That's why I hired you, Saul. I hired you to bring in some great defense, physicality, culture to, to me. Like Bill Belichick called the plays a for a long period of time. A long period of time. He called majority of the defensive plays for the Patriots team. Now, since the past, I mean, if you look at there's three different, Bill Belichick technically has four eras. There's there's the there's the beginning Brady era when they won the three Super Bowls. Then that middle area where they did where they lost two. Then the end of the Brady era with Belichick where they won the next three. And now he's on the post Brady era. Belichick is at four different eras in New England, and Brady had three. Belichick's on his fourth different fucking era there. That's pretty impressive. But he was calling the defensive plays. First of all, he was calling defensive plays for the New York Giants when they won the Super Bowl. So he, I think he's he, he's done it in big time situations before. But he was calling the plays for the Patriots, and, and then eventually you can get it when you you can get a DC or an OC when you've established yourself when you get your culture when you get those players in there. Then you can teach these guys, hey, this is how. Then you start building a fucking factory and you become the Patriots and you pump out six Super Bowls, man. You, you know, or just like Bill Walsh did, he pumped out five, five in like eleven years he won or whatever it was. It's nuts. I, I just I, I, so I hope Hackett calls the plays. Now, is Aaron Rodgers coming to the Denver Broncos? Because Nathaniel Hackett from the Packers 
Aaron, I don't know. I got to see. I got to go to my kumbaya circle and uh, check it out. Got to feel how I'm feeling here and then feel how I'm feeling there. And then the feels from here and the feels from there will tell me ultimately how to feel. So Aaron Rodgers has got to go through his feelings. But I guess it helps. If you're the Denver Broncos, and I thought Dan Quinn, who was really, really good friends with George Patton, I thought Dan Quinn was kind of, and I think this kind of got media hype behind it, and it's one of those things that we kind of follow, especially guys like me who talk about it. We kind of follow this media hype. Oh, the connection. You see the connection? Dan Quinn's doing good. Oh, 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 he's going there. He's going there. No, he never was going anywhere. And he's announced he's going to go back as a defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys next year. And Nathaniel Hackett got the job. But if I'm George General Patton, and I'm sitting up there, and I go, well, my starting quarterback is Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm in a division with Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and the worst quarterback of those, and, and the worst, Derek Carr, technically right now, would be like, I guess Denver has the worst quarterback, but they don't really have a quarterback. So the worst out of the three of the teams is Derek Carr, and that's he's pretty fucking good. And you guys are, look, if I'm looking at it like, okay, well, I can hire this guy. This guy who's had a, done a coaching job before, and we've seen what that looked like in Atlanta. And it was okay when he had Kyle Shanahan and guys like that around him to elevate that offense. But his defense was never good, and we saw what, it, what Dan Quinn was as a head coach. So why don't we shift over to this guy who's 36 years old, who comes from the Shanahan tree because he's been with LaFleur and before that was with Shanahan, comes from the Shanahan tree, and oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers loves him and talks about him all the time. So I would rather hire this guy who can maybe possibly get me Aaron Rodgers because ultimately that's what the Denver Broncos want. And that's what multiple teams want. Fuck, I'm sure Sean Payton for a time was thinking, well, if I can get Aaron Rodgers, I'll stay. But then that's out that's out the window. Now, is Aaron going to come there just because Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach? No. And I know people are going to leave breadcrumbs and this trail is going to build and this is, you know, it's going to, Aaron's going to go, Aaron's going to go, Aaron's going to go, he's going to be in Denver. But I just look... And Aaron Rodgers. And I look at the Denver Broncos. And I just can't see it working. Only simply because of who Aaron Rodgers is as a person. I'm going to take all the football out of it right now. Everything. Everything football. Let's just go to who Aaron Rodgers is without the uniform on. As a person. Who he is. He's a little, you know, he's a little cynical. A little finicky. He doesn't talk to his own family. He's got bad blood there. He doesn't trust a lot of people. He thinks he's the smartest one in the room all the time. He's real flaky. He kind of needs attention. Like, this is who just Aaron Rodgers is. And the Denver Broncos have have won multiple Super Bowls with John Elway, who some people say is the top five greatest quarterback of all time, and then went through a pretty dry spell, but got one of the best, also people say top five quarterback of all time, not the greatest, in Peyton Manning in the second part of his career. They went to multiple and won one. And now Aaron Rodgers, who probably feels a little of the Tom Brady pressure, left the AFC to go to the NFC, won a Super Bowl's first year. Aaron's in the NFC. The Broncos are in the AFC. He can go there. But Aaron looks, and just the history of the Broncos, how could Aaron Rodgers ever live up to John Elway? He couldn't. How can Aaron Rodgers ever live up to Peyton Manning? He couldn't. He has a fucking statue outside of the stadium. Aaron Rodgers is supposed to walk by that step. Aaron Rodgers plays it safe. He, he protects his own legacy. We just talked about this after that pathetic performance he put on against the Niners. He protects his legacy. So what, he's going to go win a Super Bowl as a Denver Bronco? Oh, we've seen this story before, though, Aaron. We've seen it. Peyton did it. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. I, I don't think that. I don't think I, that's just one. That's just one thing. I, one reason why I don't think he's going to go there. Because I, I don't think I don't think we would look at it as like, oh, you won a Super Bowl in Denver. Peyton already did that. Peyton left Indianapolis, won a Super Bowl in Denver. Okay, good job, Aaron. You had to leave it. I don't think it would be looked at as the same. I really do not. The second reason, Aaron Rodgers also was on the same reason, wants to protect his legacy. If he goes to the Denver Broncos, he's now in the AFC. And not only is he in the AFC, he'd be in the AFC West. And we just talked about the three quarterbacks. So now he would go from playing Detroit, Chicago, and Minnesota twice a year to, we'll start from worst to best, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Chiefs twice a year. So now Aaron Rodgers is not winning his division because the Denver Broncos, even with Aaron Rodgers, are not better than the Chiefs. 
you are now the third best quarterback in your division, not the first. And I will, you know, okay, I'll say second. You're the second best quarterback because you can't be better than Mahomes because Mahomes is probably going to win another Super Bowl and he's been on that team five years. You're just now on the Denver Broncos. I don't even care if Devontae Adams comes with you. I don't even care. Is Nathaniel Hackett can he coach? What's your defense? I, I keep I keep hearing about Bradley Chubb, but the dude gets hurt every year. So now Aaron has to go and put his legacy on the line against Mahomes and Herbert and Derek Carr, against some historic franchises and the Raiders and the Chiefs. The Chargers are not really historic, but they got Justin Herbert, who looks like a fucking madman. I don't I don't buy it. No fucking way. Aaron Rodgers is too scared of his legacy to go to that division. No. I will not believe it. Aaron Rodgers will not put his balls on the table and go to that division. It's too hard for him. It is too hard of a path. He wants an easier path. Do not. And he wants to live on the West Coast, but he wants an easier path. I actually will be shocked if he ends up on the, as a Denver Bronco. Because that would prove everything I just said wrong. He's not scared. And he wants Patrick Mahomes. And he wants Justin Herbert. And he wants Derek Carr. And he wants Josh Allen. And he wants Lamar Jackson. These are the guys he's have to go through through the AFC. You go if he stays in the NFC, who does he have to go through? Tom Brady, who's looking like he's probably on his last year next year. Okay, he's going to be 45. Russell Wilson, what's Russell Wilson even doing with Seattle? Is he even going to be there? I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo, he's probably last year on the Niners. So Trey Lance, a project stepping up. Do you even have to worry about Arizona? I, I wouldn't. Like who 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 are you actually worried about in the NFC? Matt Stafford, okay, you could be worried about Matt Stafford in in the in the Rams, but you you could beat Matt Stafford in the Rams, bro. You you could beat Matt Stafford in the Rams, bro. You're gonna go to the AFC. You can go to the AFC with Joe Burrow, with with Patrick Mahomes, with Josh Allen, with Lamar Jackson. <laughs> I just what with Justin Herbert? You're gonna go there? No fucking way. No fucking way. Aaron Rodgers will go to the AFC. I do not believe it. He will not do it. He's going to protect his legacy. His legacy is set in stone. He doesn't want to hurt it. Sure, he would love to get to another Super Bowl. He would love to win another one. But listen to the way he talks. Does he really care? No, as long as it doesn't hurt him in any way, as long as his legacy isn't hurt, which I think his legacy got hurt in that football game, I really, really do. He is no longer a top five quarterback for me. I can't put him personally in my top five. He's top five talented I've ever seen, but he is not a top five quarterback for me. Probably not even a top eight quarterback for me right now. So I do think that hurt his legacy. But if he was to go to the AFC, switch teams to the Denver Broncos and never win that division, because he couldn't get over the Chargers and Herbert or the Chiefs and, and Patrick Mahomes. And he never made it back to another title game because he couldn't get past Allen or Lamar. I just, I think that hurts his legacy a shit ton, losing to these young dudes. Because Tom didn't lose to the young dudes. Tom beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, bro. Tom beat the young dudes in the playoffs, bro. You, you're, you, you don't, I, I just, no way. I can't see it. I cannot fathom Aaron Rodgers for who he is, for what Aaron Rodgers has shown me for 18 years. I cannot possibly see how he is going to put his legacy on the line in that division. I do not see it. It is too hard for him. At this point in his career, why would he do that? He is not going to do it. Tom Brady went to the a NFC South that had the Carolina Panthers just gave up Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey heard every play, and they just fucking hired a, a college guy. Sure, they had the Saints and Sean Payton. That was the number one thing. But Tampa Bay was the worst team in that division by far. And then you got Atlanta, who, does Atlanta even really matter? No, I'm sure, no. So he went to a much easier division. Let's be honest, yes, he did. Aaron Rodgers goes to the AFC West would be, no, no. That's not even close. It would. It, he's not playing the Lions anymore. You're not the Bears. You are no longer going to win your division now. If you don't win your, you can't even win a playoff game when you do win your division and get home field advantage. Now you're not going to win your division, not get a home field game in the playoffs, and expect to win the playoffs. Nah, big question marks here, buddy. I don't think so. Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is a good hire. Will Aaron Rodgers come? Who knows? Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But I honest, I I just don't. I can't see him doing it just because of who Aaron Rodgers is. And the final one I'm going to talk, it's not a coaching hire, it's just a GM hire. The Giants, after firing Joe Judge, which is the right move, get that guy out of there, you need to clean your house. 
They go ahead. They just they just wash it out. GM's gone. Head coach is gone. The Mara's got to move on. And they went and they hired uh, Big Baller Bean, uh, big, uh, Brandon Beans, the GM of the Buffalo Bills, assistant in Joe Shane, who I have heard a lot about from from both Andy Reid guys, from 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 Sean McDermott guy, who is an Andy Reid guy. Sean McDermott is an Andy Reid guy, folks. So it's kind of it's kind of full circle when you when you know that the guys that you're working with come from a certain branch of a coach. You know, it's just you know that this guy has soaked up so much information. And I like Joe Shane a lot. I think Joe Shane is he's got a chance to be a really good GM. He's super fucking smart. Ivy League dude. Okay, he he's he's a good dude, smart dude, knows what he's doing. I think now we'll have to meet, meet to be seen, but Mara hired him, and and that was after days after he came out and said, you know, Daniel Jones is our guy, and we have done everything, everything, in our power to screw this guy up since he's been here. Is what he said about Daniel Jones, and they want to ride with Daniel Jones and keep Daniel Jones, and then he hires Joe Shane, and from what I have heard, <laughs> just from. You know, little 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 fragments of you know ex scouts that I listen to and news articles I fucking subscribe to. Joe Shane, when he was hired, said that I want to hire Ryan Dable as my head coach, and apparently it was eighty six by Mara because if it was Joe Shane's way, if Joe was picking who his head coach was gonna be, it would be Ryan Dable, and Ryan Dable right now would be the new head coach of the New York football giants, but he is not. So that leads me to believe that Joe Shane has no say in who the head coach is. So that leads to me to be like, Joe Shane has no power in this organization. And that leads me to say that the giants are still fucked and they will remain fucked because their ownership now is fucked. How do you bring a guy that has the much experience as Joe Shane has been around guys in this league that have drafted hall of famers, and he wants to bring a head coach in, and you say, nah, bruh, we're good. Even though you've been through, what, what is this, four coaches in six years or whatever it is? It's ho- you are running through coaches. It is horrible. I, I, it's 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 awful. I don't even know. You, you'd have to do a deep dive. But the amount of coaches that the Giants have in just half of a decade has got to be some historic number. Not even the Browns went through this many cuts. Co- Browns went through more quarterbacks, but it's it's bad. It's the ownership up top. So does this does this does this hire really going to change anything for the Giants? You say you still want to stick with Daniel Jones, okay, bro? Like we've seen who Daniel Jones is, dude. More athletic Kirk Cousins, probably. Just a more athletic Kirk Cousins, I think. That's 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 who he is. I I don't. I mean, I, you hire you hire a guy that I think could really be really smart for your franchise, and you don't let him. You know, listen. This is this. I don't know if this is true or not. This is just, you know, off the grapevine, things that I've heard that Joe Shane wanted to bring Ryan Dable in. Why the fuck would you not want to bring Ryan Dable? Have you seen what he's done with Josh Allen? So if you, if you, and you know what a lot of people call Daniel Jones, a poor version of Josh Allen. So if you have a poor man's Josh Allen, why would you not want to bring the guy in who's ridden the horse on the real thing for the last four years? No, no, it's not what you want to do, Mara. Got it. You just want to sit in your own piss and mediocrity. Heard. I believe we have a couple of football games on Sunday, folks. I believe we do. Uh, Bengals-Chiefs kicks off 1 o'clock my time. It's uh, 3 o'clock Eastern or what is it, 4 o'clock Eastern? I don't know. 1 o'clock my time, 4 o'clock my time, Mountain Standard Time. Uh, it's going to be a great day of football. Bengals and Chiefs. Chiefs are a seven-and-a-half point favorite in this game. It lined opened up at seven. Um, honestly, when I think about these two teams, I do think the Chiefs, are a double-digit favorite. I think they should be. And if this was a regular season game, the Chiefs have been playing how they're playing, Bengals have been playing how they're playing, and this is an arrowhead, I do think they'd probably, I don't know if they'd be favored by doubles, but it just feels like the Chiefs are a double-digit favorite. couple reasons why. They've been here before. They have an MVP quarterback, a Hall of Fame head coach, a team that is riddled with talent and experience in these big-time games. The Bengals are on the road with a second-year quarterback who is phenomenal, but a second-year quarterback, a pretty much a rookie head coach in the playoffs in any time in any big-time games. This is this is 
This is Zach Taylor's first ever big, big boy. He needs to put his – I mean, I know he's been in the playoffs and he's won some games. I get that. And I'm, I'm hand-clapped. The, the Bengals should not be here. They should not be here. But here they are. And Zach Taylor, you brought him here. But here you got to face Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And this is not the regular season week 17 in your house. This is the AFC Championship in Arrowhead. And I know Joe Burrow has said that he hasn't been in the – he hasn't – he's he, – hasn't stepped foot in an NFL stadium that's been that loud, and I get it because he played his home games in Tiger Stadium right on the water where it's loud as shit, where you have 100,000 kids screaming. I understand that. But, Joe, it's going to be really loud in this stadium on Sunday, buddy. Arrowhead gets loud. They get loud. I think that it's like them in Seattle. They're the two loudest in, in stadiums in the NFL. So I think Joe's going to feel the noise on a team that's been here. Four straight AFC title games. They're looking to go through a third straight Super Bowl. Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor are lucky to be there. No matter how much I love them, they are. So I do think, I do, I understand why the Chiefs are favored heavy. It's a big favor too. I, I, I kind of did the research back in the past 20 years. And the biggest favorite, other than Phillip Rivers back in 2008, when he played through a torn ACL against the New England Patriots, they ended up losing that game like 21 to 12, but they were a 14-point underdog because Phillip Rivers had a torn ACL, and he played through it. Phillip Rivers is a tough SOB, folks. Tough SOB, played through a torn, but other than that, in the past, it's it's, it's been uh, the Jets in the AFC Championship game, they were favor- they were an eight-point dog to the Patriots. So... This is a seven and a half point line for the. It's a big line for an AFC title game. Huge. And to be honest, as much as I love the Chiefs and I think that they'd be an experience, how do you not take the seven and a half for the Cincinnati Bengals, who maybe just have some magic cooking with Joe Burrow in his second year? And a lot of good quarterbacks win Super Bowls their second year. I talked about that before. Maybe there's some magic brewing here. Seven and a half points. It's a lot of points to put on. Now, the Chiefs could win this game, honestly. 31 to 20. They really could. They're a good ball club. Tyron Matthews is going to be back. Patrick Mahomes, he's been the best player in the league the past six, seven weeks. He really has been. Him and Josh Allen. But Mahomes has been been pretty, pretty incredible. <clears throat> but Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are hard to stop. And Joe Mixon and, and T. Higgins in this defense, they, they, they can get it going. But their offensive line is absolutely putrid. Gave up nine sacks. Nine sacks to Tennessee. Now, while you know maybe maybe Kansas City's not as fast up front, they can get to you. Frank Clark can get to you. These guys can get to you. You know, Spagnola knows how to blitz. He knows when to blitz. And your offensive line is no good. So that is one thing that really really worries about me, especially in an AFC title game in Arrowhead. You know, so the seven and a half points feels like the play for the Bengals, but it's also it's also a risky play. Because you're coming into Arrowhead, the team that's had so much experience there, a quarterback, a coach, a tight end, a wide receiver, a safety, the, the, an edge rusher, all know what that feeling is like. They're all trying to get their second Super Bowl. It's it's a tough place to come in and win. It's hard to beat a team twice in one year. It really, really is. So, I, I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to this football game. I hope Joe Burrow puts on a little bit of a show. Jamar Chase, that's the thing. How are they going to stop Jamar Chase? I think they're just not going to let Jamar Chase beat him. He had 11 catches for 300 yards and three t- and three TDs the last time they played. I don't think that happens again. If that does happen again, the Chiefs deserve to lose. I think they're going to kind of box and one him. I, I really do. I think they're going to kind of do what the Niners did to Devontae Adams after that first drive in that game. They take him away. Just play too deep, play high, or box and one the guy. Don't let him beat you. Let Joe Burrow and someone else beat you. Fine. And if Joe Burrow could somehow beat me by throwing at just T. Higgins and C.J. Uzama and Joe Mixon in that defense, then okay. That I, I, I mean, I would. That's that's what you. That's you would have to live with that as a Chiefs, Chiefs fan or Chiefs player. You took away their number one offensive weapon, they still beat you. But it, I think it's a tough task here for the Bengals to walk in the Arrowhead and get this win. I, I, I really, really do. But seven and a half is so many points, and it's a little kicker. And Joe Joey B could could get a backdoor cover. And that when you if you take the Bengals here, which me and the boys might be leaning towards taking the Bengals. You just got to expect, you got to kind of hope for a backdoor cover. Because you know at one point, this Chiefs team was up 21-7 and 28-14 to the last two times they played. I mean, the last the last time that they played. And yes, I understand the Bengals won that football game. 
but the Chiefs are going to be up double digits at one point in this football game. They are. They will be. They will be up double digits. Now, can Joe Burrow come back and get you that backdoor cover? You know, maybe the last second touchdown that brings them within six points or something like that, and you get that last, or maybe maybe within a touchdown because you took it at seven and a half. They're they're down. You know, I don't know, twenty eight. 28 to 14 and they get a touchdown and they, they make it seven and you win. That would be great. That's what you're kind of hoping for. But I don't know if the Bengals can go in there and get the job done. But maybe, just maybe, Joe Burrow could get a little magic cooking and take the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. But it sure does feel like Mahomes going for number two. And the main course of the day, Niners at Rams, the third time these two are going to play this year. And Kyle Shanahan is 6-0 and in his last six games against Sean McVay. He's beat him six times in a row. The Niners have beat him six times in a row. <laughs> I mean, I know I talked about this leading up to it. I had the Niners in that game, uh, money line, won money on it that week. It was great. It was awesome. But to beat a team six times in a row, it's just, that's hard to do. To beat a team seven times in a row and to have that seventh win be in the NFC title game, Man, I mean, the Niners are a three-and-a-half-point dog, and they should be. They're in L.A., although it's not a home game for the Rams, although they're just playing it at their home field. But it's not going to feel like a home game. The Niners are, like, the, the most, the, the third-best traveling team in the league. It's like the Packers, the Steelers, the Niners. And they're only playing in Southern California, and it's not that far of a travel for them. I saw that 47% of the tickets for this game are bought from Northern California. So San Francisco area, the Northern California, Sacramento, Bakersfield, all the way up there. That's, you're going to see a lot of red. You're going to see a lot of red. And this Rams team is coming off of a half where they let Tom Brady and this this Buccaneers team get back in it, and they almost lost the game. But they didn't. And and Stafford has played really, really well. He's not, he's not turning the ball over. McVay's looking good. This defense is eating Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey. They got some guys playing. This is a good football team, and they should be favored. When I look at this, I I, I pick the I think the Rams are going to win this game. But part of me goes, Russ, Kyle Shanahan won six in a row against this guy. He Kyle Shanahan somehow, like like much like Sean Payton, has kind of made a gourmet meal out of dog shit. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt. You know, you got to go with Trey Lance. Jimmy Garoppolo's hurt again. Got to go with Trey Lance. This defense up and down. This team was three and five halfway through the season. Three and five. And yet here they are somehow in the NFC title game against Sean McVay and the Rams. It's it's really remarkable. And not only is that a thing, they've, they, they've come to the team, the little engine that could. So everyone's Debo, little engine that could. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, they're carrying them with guys that they're getting disrespected, quote unquote, by the mainstream media. When Raheem Morris the other day does something stupid, the defensive coordinator for the Rams does something stupid. This is already an NFC title game. It's a divisional game. You do not need to add anything to it, but Raheem does. Raheem comes out and says, because of the, there's a body bag comment that George Kittle made before their, before their game in week 18, that it was going to be a body bag game. And he meant that as in, it's going to be a hard hitting game. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get body bagged. They're going to body bag, body bags on both sides. But for whatever reason, the Rams took that as in, we're going to put you in a body bag. And so during that game, when they were up 17-0 week 18, the Rams kept chirping, oh, body bag, body bag. Well, the Niners kind of took that at something, and they came back and won that football game. And for whatever reason, Raheem Morris wants to bring it back up. The defensive coordinator, not the head coach, not the quarterback, not the the defensive coordinator comes out and says, you know, oh, well, George Kittle talked about putting us in a body bag. Well, we'll see who's in a body bag this week. What are you doing, dude? You're just giving them bulletin board fuel. That's all you just gave them. That quote by saying, you know, we'll see who's in the body bag or whatever it was. You're going to be in the body bag. George never said that. And then he came out days after and said, I was never talking like, why are you giving them bulletin board material? This game already has a feel of Seattle and Niners back when Legion of Boom was there and those great with Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. And they already had some animosity because of their SC and Stat, um, Stanford days when they were going at it at the field. And Harbaugh called them uh, Pete Carroll some shit. And they were talking shit on the field. That was like 04, 05, whatever it was. <coughs> it was awesome. So they already had some animosity. There's not, there was nothing that needed to be added to this. There's nothing that needs to be added to this game. But yet somehow Raheem Morris, who you are the favorite, you have the better quarterback. Right. You have the better offense. 
your defense, you have, you have probably better playmakers overall. Why are you giving this team, the little engine that could, more bulletin board fuel? It doesn't make any sense. Keep your mouth shut. Like Bill Belichick says, keep your damn mouth shut. Kyle Shanahan would never let one of his guys. McVay, you got to handle that. You got to tell the dude. And Raheem Morris, I like Raheem Morris. I really do. I really like Raheem Morris. I think he's a good defensive coordinator. I heard him on the, the Flying Coach podcast with uh, with McVay and uh, and Peter Schrager. And in, in he was on with Tomlin. And I liked him. He was good. And Tomlin said, yeah, this guy doesn't shut up. Clearly, he doesn't shut up. Clearly, this guy talks a lot because he said the wrong thing at the podium. You don't say that, man. You just don't say anything. It's the NFC title game. What are you talking about? You're going to put them in a body bag. I don't I see as much as I want to go for the Rams, as much as I feel the Rams are going to win this game. I really do. I feel it. Part of me goes, no, no, no. The bulletin board fuel. Kyle Shanahan just knows and owns and dominates Sean McVay. Uh, Stafford has thrown four interceptions in their two losses against the Niners. Stafford throws. If Stafford turns the ball over, the Niners are going to win this football game. Jimmy Garoppolo, you already know he's going to throw a pick. You already know that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw an interception or fumble the ball. He's going to have a turnover. You just got to hope that it's a first-half turnover and it's only one. Stafford, Stafford. I mean, I mean, I, I know that first time they played him, it felt, felt like Odell was just getting there and he was forcing that ball for that interception. That second interception was not on him. went right through Higby's hand and he picked Ward, took it to the house. But then that second game, bad interception to end the game, bad interception in the second quarter. So, but Stafford, if he if he plays how he is currently playing, uh, he doesn't turn the ball over. It's going to be hard for the Niners to win. It's be hard for the Niners to score. I, I just I just really do. I know Debo's the man, and IU can you know you can get Kittle involved, but I don't know. Are the Niners going to score? They couldn't score in that game. I understand the conditions. It made it a lot harder. I think I think they have a better chance to score, obviously. But this game, as much as I kind of want to put my money on the Rams at the three and a half and think that they're going to win. Part of me just put his polling back and say, Russ, just just wait. The Niners, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan, somehow, some way, Kyle Shanahan has gone to his second a- NFC Championship game in five years. Both these guys, two NFC Championship games in five years. The only difference is Kyle Shanahan's doing it with guys named Jimmy Garoppolo, and I know that I know that McVay did do it with Jared Goff. I understand that, but now he's got now he's got Stafford. He's doing it with Stafford too. So clearly the dude's good, and I think if Stafford was on the Niners. They'd be, they'd be in the same position. And maybe McVay would be in the same position. Who knows? Maybe you flip-flop and, and these two guys are just that good that they would somehow, some way, found their teams in the NFC title game for a chance to compete for a Super Bowl title. It's pretty impressive what these two guys have done. And, and you know, sometimes we kind of like, think they get kind of, you know, passed off, even though we do think they're geniuses. But for being, what, 36 and 43 years old or 42 years old, McVay? 30, or no, McVay's 36, Kyle's, what, 42? They're young, doing doing what they're doing. Two title games in five years. One of them is about to go to their second Super Bowl in five years. Two Super Bowls in five years. That's 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 how you that's how you become pretty fucking good. Now you gotta start winning some of them, and hopefully maybe one of these guys can win it this year. But it's probably gonna be against the Chiefs. No no disrespect to Bengals fans out there. I'm not I'm not trying to do that. The Bengals could have some magic season come up, but this game, Niners Rams has so much on it that I mean you don't you didn't need to add any more to it but now you got the body bag thing back on it it's going to be a body bag type of game a Stafford Garoppolo who's going to turn the ball over McVay Kyle who's going to come up with you know who's going to go for it on fourth down or come up with this play or do this and it's 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 going to be interesting I, I, I'm glad that's the last game that's the nightcap it deserves it um, I think it's the better of the game obviously just not not trying to knock the Bengals but it's a divisional game if you give me a divisional NFC title game, you know, I'll take with Kyle and Sean McVay. Let's go. Fuck yeah. I'm ready for this thing. So, you know, if you ask me right here, right now, I think I'd probably tell you it's going to be a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. But I could be completely wrong. Could be Chiefs Niners and they have a rematch of that. Could be Bengals Rams. Fuck. Could be Bengals Niners. Both underdogs. It's been the year of the underdog. What, three out of the four underdogs won the divisional round, right? A couple. I just. I don't know. What if both underdogs win? I, I yeah. If you got your money on that, then you're going to win a lot of money. Parlay, Bengals, Niners, money line. Fuck, you probably, what are you going to throw on that? Throw $500 on that? Cash, that probably cashes out five grand. That probably cashes out five grand. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'm not in, I'm not telling you to do it. Don't do that. But anybody, you crazy some bitches out there doing that, 
You crazy some bitch. I'll tell you that. You are a crazy some bitch. Alrighty, folks. It's gonna go ahead and do it for today. Uh, man, here, here, I can't. I cannot already believe it's January twenty eighth, and the NFC AFC Championship game is Sunday. Two weeks, and then two weeks from there, Super Bowl, baby. And we're just got the off season. Get the draft, training camp, and we'll do it all over again. So it, it went by really fast. I was so excited for the, the extra week, 18, reg, 18 total weeks in the regular season, and it just went by in a blink of an eye. And here we are, the championship Sunday, to see who's going to have the right to play for a Lombardi trophy. Is it going to be Matt Patrick Mahomes? He's going for number two. Could Joe Burrow and the Bengals somehow make this Cinderella story uh, an actual thing? You know, the Niners, Kyle Shanahan going to go to another Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Matthew Stafford going to finally quiet all the fucking haters that he has and go to a Super Bowl and just finally forget about all that Lions nonsense? It's it's going to be it's it's going to be amazing. I, I hope these games are just as good as divisional games. Now, I can't, you know, I can't be like just be just as good cuz that weekend was whew, unbelievable. But if these games can just be great title games, which most of them are, we're going to have a blast. So enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the games. Hopefully your team wins. Yeah, I'm definitely my household is rooting for rooting for the Chiefs for sure. So hopefully your team wins. Hopefully you win your money. I'll talk to everybody after the weekend. See you.